week's episode of The Voice Party is brought to you by Big Boy Raps. Get your car wrapped by some of the most experienced and skilled in the Bay. Big Boy Raps, where the big boys play. Hello, everybody. And welcome to The Voice of the Party, uh, where uh, uh, everything we do is better than The Voice Party. <laughs> Today we have a special, very special Shh, guest. Shut up. This is not The Voice of the Party. This is The Voice... He keeps trying to take over the show. He has his own podcast called The Voice of the Party ever since he left. And he keeps trying to take over our show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Voice Party. Uh, the podcast where dreams come true. <laughs> Still working on the slogan. Yeah. We got uh, JD here. Phil. Say what's up, Phil, to the oh, listeners. Oh, hey, I'm pushing all the buttons. Pushing all the buttons. He's busy. And uh, uh, new co-host, introduce yourself. My name is Marcos Molinar, lead singer of Tomorrow's June. You don't have to say that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then uh, our returning day oneer. Uh, hi. Um, what had happened was. No, just say your name. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Dick. I'm Gaspar. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have a very special guest that are doing something for the community uh, that's really important and it's like a big topic right now. I'm glad you guys are here um, with us goofballs, you know? So please introduce yourselves one at a time. Uh, hello, my name is Osmo Huerta. I am a high school senior at Salesian College Preparatory. Um, and I'm also the co-chair of the Richmond City Youth Council. And okay. a member of... Reimagine Richmond. Reimagine Richmond. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Hola, hola. Soy Marisol. Um, you can I take it off that stand. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That works. Like you're about to hit the solo, you know, the voice, okay, the high-pitched solo. I've got a lot of testosterone here, yeah. so let's go ahead and um, get some... Okay. Oh, hello. Got it. Um, so I'm Marisol Cantu, third generation Richmond resident and a community... Uh, activist and teacher right here in, in Richmond, um, and I'm from Reimagine Richmond, our group. Reimagine Richmond. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, my name is Armand Lee. I'm Richmond, born and raised. Um, I'm a current senior at uh, I'm a current senior at UCLA. I did graduate from Osceola <laughs> High School, um, but I'm an activist organizer, mm -hmm. uh, one of the founders of Richmond Revolution, and been oh. also work uh, with Reimagine Richmond as well. So. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for having uh, us. Yeah, I've actually heard of Richmond Revolution. I've seen the uh, follow the page, okay. um, and awesome. and you guys talked about reimagining Richmond. Can you yeah. guys can you guys talk about those? Yeah, start off with Richmond Rev because yeah. they're the ones that really hit it off last year. Okay. Um, they're going to give you some like history right here. Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, Richmond Revolution is just a bunch of um, young adults who uh, were just home, you know, from college because of the pandemic, of course, right? Uh, and so one of our organizers, actually, um, Helen Burks, had uh, posted uh, a post on Facebook like, hey, you know, all these protests are happening, you know, is somebody going to do something to Richmond? Mm -hmm. And I took that and I ran with it, right? And I'm, I'm like, all right, yep, Helen, let's do it. You know, we're always going to Oakland and San Francisco. Uh, let's do something here in Richmond uh, because Richmond, you know, seems to be yeah. always forgotten about. And so we pulled uh, together some folks and everybody hit up three, five people. Um, and so the first night we had about 50 people on the call and we wow. organized a protest um, in a matter of five days uh, to really garner our um, our community around the deaths of George Floyd, um, mm -hmm. you know, who was murdered um, by Derek Chauvin, the officer at the time, who had his knee on his neck. And so we had about over, um, you know, 3,000 folks show up and we really didn't want the protest just to be a, um, a 
uh, protests, if you will. We right. wanted to mobilize our community for organization, right, and really grab that attention um, that was happening nationwide, bring it home so that we can really work on things uh, at the local level. And so um, that's just a brief synopsis of Richmond Revolution. So essentially you guys have like a, a steady group because this happens a lot, you know, right. to keep it, you know, keep the flame burning, yep. essentially. Got yeah. to. Yeah. And that's how I actually was introduced to Richmond Revolution. Um, I saw these young leaders coming in and mobilizing and pushing like older folks yeah. to get involved um, and in, in solidarity of Black Lives Matter. And they went in, I mean, from Civic Center, they walked all the way down to RPD, yep. fucking protested in front of RPD, which was huge um, for the community. And so I think it was one of the first ones where, where that entire, um, rally happened like that. And I would also be remiss if I didn't mention Lavana Bobo and Simone Anderson, who are also one of the core members of Richmond Revolution. Okay. Yep. And I saw all of them speaking and just speaking truth to power. And I was like, you know what? Um, we need to do something more, like you're saying, right? Not just, okay, protest, absolutely. But what else can we do right. was really the question that was driving us. Yeah. And then after that, um, there were a couple of community leaders already doing hella work. So one right. is our city council woman, uh, Claudia Jimenez, um, a Latina Buena Onda, and she and Tamisha uh, Torres Walker, who's actually city council for Antioch, mm -hmm. um, ended up um, really pushing for policy change. And so we were kind of going off like the defund movement of 20%, like, let's just take 20% from the police. Hell yeah, fuck them, let's take it. But we didn't really know what we were asking for. Right. Like we didn't have anything in place. We didn't have like a reinvestment in our community or implementation plan of anything. And so that's when we decided um, to push for a task force. And that task force, um, the city council approved last year, and we started work in October, and it's called the Reimagining Public Safety Task Force. Mm -hmm. And really looking at like public safety for all, not just for the minority few that feel safe calling the police, yeah. but like actually looking at safety for black and brown, um, the API, like we have hella Southeast Asian folks in, in Richmond and San Pablo, like Laotian, Mian, Mian, yep. Yeah. And so we were just like, like, let's pull together folks and see what they wanted. So we surveyed hella people, um, and we come up with we came up with some plans. Um, and how do you feel, Osmar? You want to talk about some plans, or you want to talk about how you got involved in the work? I uh, completely up to you. Yeah, you take it away. How did you get involved? Okay, so I originally got involved with the Reimagine Richmond um, Task Force because. Um, I, as I said earlier, I'm a member of the Richmond City Youth Council, and yeah. that's the official advisory board to the city. Mm -hmm. In doing that, our job is to really advise on any policies or issues that are directly affecting the youth or indirectly affecting the youth, either through their family or other mm -hmm. um, just things that affect them in their day-to-day -day life. And because of that, around May, when the George Floyd protests really took center stage of like American media, yeah. and everyone was really talking on them, um, in social media and in TV media, everything is being displayed. Um, a bunch of members on the youth council felt that it was very necessary that the city take like actual policy action in the work they're doing, like to defund the police, to implement um, or, like funding for organizations that directly serve minority like um, populations in Richmond, the ones that are truly impacted. And we 
started to draft a resolution because that's kind of the only real power we had. Right. So um, me and a group of, I would say, around two to three other people, like, stayed up night after night, like, week after week, like, doing research to what you put in the solution, how resolutions are supposed to be formatted. Um, and we ended up creating a really, like, thorough presentation and presented it to the city council on July 28th, 2020, where it was passed unanimously. Mm -hmm. And after that, like, happened and chokeholds were banned and no knock warrants were banned. Yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. After all these, um, after the city council kind of resolved mm -hmm. legally to tackle all these changes, absolutely nothing happened. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of like... So like they just passed it to like quiet everyone down. Yeah, like, and so, they passed it unanimously yeah. as well. And oh, I think wow. the biggest thing about that was the fact that because it was a group of like youth yeah. like bringing this to their attention, obviously they weren't going to all flat out rejected even if right. they didn't agree with it mm -hmm. which I feel like certain council members on the board based off their previous and now actions that they have taken since that resolution just definitely didn't agree with it mm -hmm. um, but again it was like for show and I feel like I didn't personally didn't want it to be for sure. I wanted to actually mean something in the yeah. city. So when it didn't do anything, me and a bunch of our other members of the city council felt like it was time to like actually hold these people accountable and like ask them like directly like, hey, like what is your plan? What is like, right. what are some things we could touch on? Um, so instead we of, instead of just telling us this to like quiet everyone down, yeah, kind of like what I've heard where. Uh, there was this protest where they wanted to lower in in tuition prices in some college and like, okay, we'll lower it. And they didn't tell them how much. It was just like five bucks. Yeah. It's like just they to quiet everyone down, down, you know? There was no yeah. plans put right. in place. Just like, okay, we're going to do it and yeah. then like, we'll do it eventually. Even yeah. though you guys did all the work for them. Yeah. yeah. Right. We, did, yeah. we did some of the work. I'm not going to take all the credit for the resolution part because yeah. um, that was literally just like asking them to Im like implement policies to uh, like adhering to this resolution. But yeah, we held a town hall in November. We organized one where we got the chief of police, we got oh, the yeah. mayor, we got Demless Johnson, who's our now vice mayor, and we got city, uh, school board trustee members, school district um, board members to literally ask some questions about anti-racism um, anti education being implemented in the West Contra Costa Unified School District, mm -hmm. as well as policies that Richmond lawmakers can make in conjunction with the chief of police to actually implement some of the changes that we proposed, like defunding the police. And we directly asked them, like, hey, literally, what's your plan? Why do you feel like we should defund the police or we shouldn't um, and honestly I think that although that night was successful in showing these adults that like we the youth are here to like stay and we're here to start like changing the city for our benefit right. um, again like nothing really happened it was a bunch of closed doors it was a bunch of like just looping around um, answers not being thoroughly answered and just like deflecting um, so again, like that's really when the like members of the city council were like, we're literally not going to be able to get anywhere within our position as city, like you city council members. So we have to like branch out into community organizations. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when me and a certain members of the council, like Jocelyn Kansuvong, started really like working in the community and trying to like address issues with what we could do so originally we just had like racial healing circles and we met with school teachers to try and ask um if like there are members of the city council of like their students that would like to join the city youth council to like help bring new ideas um we like got together with um 
certain groups like try and finance projects and unfortunately didn't follow like fell through because yeah. we just didn't have the support from the city like even now we're still trying to build a treasury so we could like fund projects directly through us um so like that's kind of frustrating how the city is not helping us but it's definitely not like as frustrating in comparison to what you guys have gone through or to what the rest of the richmond citizens have gone through um and you guys have had yeah. events recently right like, i know you guys did something yeah. was it like last week yeah. yeah. So, oh, that's just in case. Um, so we have had some stuff in the last couple of weeks. So, all of this, Osmar. I mean, seventeen years old. Yeah. Like, really, the fucking yeah. youth here, like, really Props about you, the shit. You know. I, I, when I look at like young people doing this. Jada, I, you're young. I know. I know. Don't look it. You're young. I'm not. I'm not young anymore. <laughs> when I was their age, I was like, I, I was not doing that. I don't <laughs> so think anybody I, was. I see I mean, you guys I and like. Yeah, right, yeah. I wasn't. Um, yeah, so you feel like well, what I, I feel like. I'm, I'm proud of you. I, it's, 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 I'm proud to see you guys taking action, you know? Actually, can I ask a question? Yeah. So I didn't know that you went to Salesian. Yeah, And I, I was going to ask you oh, because yeah. before we started the interview, yeah. I, I was thinking you look really familiar. Mm -hmm. I went to Salesian too. The whole band actually did. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask, how do you see the school now with just the amount of social media that's grown, um, you know, things are getting brought to light that we would never talk about in mm -hmm. high school. I graduated in 2013, so, you know, from before then until 2013, we weren't, we weren't in the social justice issues, you know, groups talking about this, how could we change Richmond? We were trying to figure out if we were going to graduate or not, <laughs> you know what I mean? But to put yourselves out there at such a young age, is, do you see the school itself or the kids themselves just like growing in that in that way? And do you guys see that like working with him? Do you guys see that kids are more involved? More involved? Right. Unfortunately, I think that the reason why so many teenagers are starting to get really involved in this is just because they see like the state of our world and more importantly, our future yeah. as like incredibly bleak. And if anything, like really awful, like yeah. between climate change and changing geopolitical allyships and just even domestically, like this mm -hmm. country is just so polarized and on the brink of honestly any, everything everything <laughs> everything at this point like so yeah. much has happened in these like stuff like in the short months we were in the pandemic which i only think forced a lot of people to grow up a lot faster but like yeah previously to answer your question marcos how has like the school like respond or anything or what i've noticed is that in a way, a lot of the adults in the situation don't really address anything. And it's really the youth and the teens there that are like, hey, can we talk about literally what just happened last night? Right. Or they would bring in certain um, like issues, like hot button issues, like abortion or sexual assault or gun control in like a Catholic school, which is incredibly like controversial and yeah. which our like administration has right. failed to address yeah. completely. And it's just like, there just continues to be like, I guess the image of like Catholicism and maybe probably just ignorance, like contrasting like these young ideas that are being brought in like every freshman class. And while I do think that our school has previously done like a pretty bad job at like addressing all these like big changes that the youth are asking for, it's really nice to know that like, for example, like our youth are stepping up, like they're going directly to teachers and asking, hey, can I head this? Hey, can I talk to the teacher 
uh, can I talk to the dean to talk about how there's no sexual reproduction education yeah. on our campus? <laughs> and even though there still may be like pushback and lots of no's, the fact that there's always going to be like a group of mm-hmm. people present and like willing to change their community because they just want it for themselves yeah. and for the betterment of everyone right. is just really nice to see because like that's really like what's going to go on into our world and yeah. like these people who want to change the world and who are like bringing things to attention and speaking truth to power are really going to be in power soon and like all honestly it's really nice to see how all these people are really morally and ethically driven like it's not self preservation or like self-indulgence it really is like let me just benefit my community and stop suffering on this planet right so like yeah yeah Yeah, no that that's a good point Uh, another thing that like that ties into this what you just said earlier like um, you know, I, I graduated 2008, so like I, rem- I remember, like the two biggest things that happened when I was going to school when I was uh, at a young age was like Columbine and 9/11, yeah. and and you know those were catastrophic back then. They made a big deal out of it. In your generation, you guys that are a little younger, it's like every week. <laughs> there's a Columbine. Happens. There's every a Columbine there's every a Columbine. other month, and then and there's a 9/11 there's no all over the world exactly. all the time. There's no Columbine to this week, but there is going to be another 9/11 in Palestine, or mm-hmm. there's another, and it's just like you know, there's eyes everywhere now. Cameras are available, so we're seeing the worst of the worst, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And like you said, the pandemic forced a lot of people to grow up. In a, and it's nice to hear you say what you're saying because. Um, <sighs> Teachers, yeah, they don't want to change things. Adults don't want to change things. You, We're you very to, comfortable. You go to the mainstream yeah. media, they, yeah. they don't care. And so it's nice to see that, that there's that yeah, young people do, even though mainstream information isn't coming to you. You have to kind of search yeah. it yourself. Especially yeah. growing up in Richmond. I mean, mm-hmm. the stigma already is, yeah. you know, we grew up, you couldn't wear certain colors. You, yeah. you got to be wary of this. You got to be wary of that. Yeah. Right? We're all thugs. We're all, yes, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You might be the, you know, you might be the first one pregnant and blah, blah, blah. Just like you said, there's none of these classes teaching you about, you know, the racism that's really going on. Why are we finding this out for ourselves on Instagram or Facebook and stuff? Why aren't we, you know, discussing it as a group? You could be changing the minds of plenty of kids who maybe have some really messed up, you know, you know, parents thoughts or something like that. You know what I mean? And then when you're when you grow up in that environment, like you environment. Know, in the hood, yeah, you you think it's like that everywhere else because you're not, you know, it's not like that over there. So then, like, right. we could be. Why can't we be like that? Right. <laughs> you know. Um, but we can be. We can be. We can be. And that's what if the, this, you educate. Yeah. If we educate everyone about it. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. No. You you mentioned something that you were gonna about the uh, the stuff that's happening well, recently. Yeah. So essentially, um, with all of this work with Osmar and with Richmond Revolution, you know, there there are big changes happening like right right now that people may not be even aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is that the task force the task force put up um, five recommendations that were actually approved by city council. So Mm. city council um, voted on these public safety recommendations and they're, they're addressing things from racial disparities in traffic violations to um, gun prevention, youth unemployment, homelessness, and mental health crisis line. And that's that's huge. Mental health is so big. Like people don't really understand like how, 
police officers are not mental health workers. <laughs> like, they should yeah. not actually be going into a person's home or apartment or anywhere that's in the middle of a mental health crisis, right? Yeah. Um, and how incredibly scary it is to, like, I've heard police officers say, like, oh, as soon as I know that they're uncooperative, we just arrest them right then and there. Like, that's all you need to be. You're not breaking a fucking law. You're actually just being uncooperative to one person, and they're able to actually just um, arrest you on the fact that you're uncooperative. And so um, instead of calling 911, we're starting to do a 311 number, which, like, we all knew for, like, information type of shit, like, or, like, 411, these type of... Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah. So 311 is for, like, government services, but um, essentially we got it approved that um, if folks in Richmond called 311, instead of an armed guard coming up to you in, when you're in crisis, mm -hmm. you would get a medic that would be able to actually help with any type of suicide attempt or drug mm. use um, to make sure that your physical body yeah. is okay. And then you would actually, um, it would be a team of three. The other two are community crisis responders. Mm -hmm. And they're trained in like mental health first aid, harm reduction, de-escalation, the shit that RPD has never wanted to do, was never trained to do. Right. Um, and we would actually have folks going in um, to help de-escalate um, a situation instead of arresting folks, uh, yeah. right? I've heard of that a lot where growing up where like, you know, one of the homies, he had probably already had some mental issues and he did some drug because you know how it is and Always. partying and, and he freaking out and, and he gets arrested and he, and he looks like he's resisting but he's just, you know, when you're, I don't know if anyone has ever been on like crazy drugs you just need to like, you know, like it's one of those things you gotta spaz get out. up spaz out, you need to like, you know yeah, you're shaking everywhere yeah, and, and like I, a cop sees that, uh, unfortunately they're, like you said, they're not trained Yep. It's another... It's a threat. It's a threat. Yeah, he's resisting. Like, nah, dude, you don't know what I'm feeling. <laughs> like, you yeah. know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's just a lot of changes right now in Richmond. Um, and, like, even this stuff right here, like the voice party, like what y'all are doing and bringing comedy to the forefront and yeah. just bringing folks, like Richmond-raised folks into spaces that Appreciate we it. had to create. Like, y'all yeah. had to create this. And yeah. I had to thank JD for the um, comedy show the other night because, oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> There were hella community organizers and like afterwards we were texting and we were just like, damn, like that's what Richmond is about. Yeah. Like we could do so much more mm -hmm. than this, this like idea that we're all criminals and thugs and mm -hmm. young mothers. We're funny thugs. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> no, but Try. I appreciate yeah. that because yeah. uh, that's the only thing I can offer. You know, I mean, aside from this, I feel like, you know, with, with mm -hmm. what we do, like that's our way of like, you know, like, okay, yeah, this may happen, but there's also a comedy show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's super healing yeah. because I think that's the biggest thing yeah. right now is like doing the work is hella hard. Like we can get frustrated. Yeah. We can like, no one's listening. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, Nobody cares. Nobody fucking, and then hearing some of the racist ass shit that people oh, say, like yeah. in these calls and stuff, <laughs> the mayor, it's the mayor himself is batshit bananas. I've he, heard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, Os Osmar can go on ab um, <laughs> about him forever. He's actually our next guest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's waiting. He's waiting outside. He's waiting outside. Hey, wait over there. We're not done yet. 
exactly. We're going to go through the back door, actually. Um, He's going to be interviewed by the voice of the party podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. The other one, the rival. He's going to be the voice of the party there. Yeah. Yeah. You guys here in the voice of the party is going to interview the mayor. Uh, yeah. He'll be way better. He's going to talk about us. No, I'm just kidding. Just right behind Just there. right behind the curtain. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I've heard, I've heard stuff. Yeah. That like. When it's pretty it, crazy. Yeah. Um, and like, I know that. This is uh, kind of uh, uh, one of the one of the Richmond City Council members that we had on the show. I've, I've, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Melvin Willis. No, the other. Oh. Uh, Dennis no, Johnson. He's no longer there. J- oh, J- Ben Choi. Jaleel. Jaleel. Oh, J. Oh, J. L. Merrick. He mentioned that incident that happened on that Zoom meeting with the city council members. I don't know if you guys remember oh, where, where he called for for defunding the police, but he was joking. Okay, so here's the issue I, I have with uh, Mayor Thomas Butt. Um, <laughs> or what so, I like to call Mayor Ass. <laughs> when we actually had the protest, um, he walks up with his assistant, uh, Chris Whitmore, who is a black man, and Chris walks up to me. Mind you, Mayor Butt is right here. Hey, so the mayor wants to know if he can speak. And I'm looking, I'm like... Can the mayor speak for himself? One, why do you have this black man speaking for you? Oh, I um, see. And then the other thing, um, and I told him straight up, no, but what you can do is speak to us after, you know, the protest is done. We can have this one-on-one dialogue where we can actually talk policy change. Mm-hmm. And so Chris Whitmore says, uh, so you're telling me the mayor can't speak on his own city hall steps? I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> he's, not, he's not the owner. Exactly. Yeah. How about the, the mayor? Community steps? How about that? And so what mayor exactly. Thomas uh, Butt does is he goes and grabs this uh, Black Lives Matter uh, poster board because, you know, we made posters and signages and he takes a picture ching, and leaves oh. I'm just like oh. that's like when a comic goes and takes a picture in the stage and he never performed <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah that's that's yeah that performative says, at its best performative. that uh, says a lot wow yeah just in a nutshell yeah. I'm sorry he bombed that set oh no he bombed that set <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah, that, yeah so uh, for your movement like so like you have no support from the city whatsoever so we do actually do. we okay. have we That's had what a I vote yeah. was five to two um, mayor but was actually not there and then um, the um, other city council member Nat Bates was also not oh, there yeah. he was okay. there for like 10 seconds you yeah apparently for, for like picture, showed up and then came back <laughs> yeah just to hear audio you guys should like, set up a picture booth that way they can just you know <laughs> in a zoom one to yeah. little screen exactly um and so we ended up passing um all of our proposals okay. which uh five to two because two were absent mm-hmm. and uh, so we do actually have majority city council support um okay. in these recommendations and essentially it boils down to to money that's mm-hmm. the biggest fight like and richmond folks i always feel like we're about our money like we understand money real well mm-hmm. <laughs> whether you came from it or not mm-hmm. you understand it yeah. and like when you follow the money um looking at our city budget and our city like general fund is made up of all of our money like it's our taxes it's our property taxes all of that um 40 percent of it or 67 million dollars goes to rpd 67 67 million dollars 40 percent 40 percent of the actual general fund goes to um rpd and rpd um has a lot of sworn officers that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars like Two, three, four. The highest paid was almost was four hundred over four hundred thousand dollars for one officer. And how much education do they need? 
none. You actually don't need even a community college degree. You don't need to take any no, type just, of classes. You go to the academy. Right. And then um, you're able to, to join the, the force. And you see, when you see the amount of benefits they receive, they receive like over $100,000 in benefits. Like what, what, what do you need with all that? Like these are all sources of funding that could be better used by our city, which is what Reimagine Richmond is doing. Compared to other cities, how does that look? It's, it's uh, usually about half. I know uh, in Antioch, it's about, about the same. And uh, I have a friend who did research, and it, every city that she looked at, it was about the same. About half of the money goes half to of the, the money goes police. To the police. Yeah. And often, it's, I mean, they're just like, doing like, so much overtime. You said Antioch, though, but like... Yeah, um, let's be careful there, because that's a real big generalization, because we compared Richmond to 25 of the largest cities mm. nationally, mm. and we come in fifth per oh, capita shit. spending. Dang. And so, like... <laughs> Also, like, be careful with that narrative, Primo, solamente because there's there's a lot of rich, like Santa Rosa, yeah. Danville, all of those. When you look at those communities that have hella money, their police force isn't 50 percent because right. they're putting it into the arts. They're putting it into right. um, performing centers and and parks and recs and their their lakes and all of these other things. Education. It's within. Yeah black mm -hmm, and brown mm -hmm, communities mm -hmm, yeah. that we're spending because we've always we've been over policed right yeah, yeah. and so like really be careful because this whole average thing of like well everybody does it well then it becomes normalized yeah. that that's the way it should be yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where it's like no 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 why are we starved of resources mm -hmm. our community per, our community services are 2.8 percent of the budget wow. versus 40 percent of the budget mm -hmm. library is three percent of the budget mm -hmm. Versus 40%. That's, I remember when I was in middle school, I, I kind of saw the decline of there's less instruments. I was band class growing up. Yes. And there was less instruments uh, from the beginning of sixth grade, fifth grade, when I started band, and then uh, in elementary school. And then I went to middle school, and, you know, the, it looked like there was more resources, you know, different class, different, you know, cooking classes, uh, uh, all kinds of different stuff, woodshop. And then that's also before I saw that like cops were more militarized as they are now. You know, yeah. back then it just it would look like the the funny hats with the, yeah. the, the stop right there. You know, like yeah, yeah. and and then it just evolved to like where like there's super soldiers walking around the school and there's less stuff. There's less instruments. Yeah. Sorry guys, no more saxophone. Yeah, <laughs> and Ramon can talk too. a yeah. lot about that because he helps yeah. get um, officers out of the schools. Oh. So West Contra Costa well, Unified nice. School District no longer has. Go ahead, do it. So the West Contra Costa Unified School District or WCCUSD um, counseled all their contracts with local police departments, and they decided uh, from a resolution that they would then take that money and redirect um, it to services for. Um, black students, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, but where has that money been spent? Oh, we got to actually look deeper into, <laughs> into that, that because yeah. uh, we don't really yes. think that money went to, yeah. to where they're saying it. Exactly. Yeah. You got to like, it, it's, it seems like you got to put every detail of where it's going. Right. And it's like, but then why are we doing the work for y'all? Yeah. Then why aren't they, why aren't they getting paid then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I would like some money over here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense, and it and it also says on you know what power do these people really have in power? Because if I'm doing all the work, and then you just say yes, but by the way, I'm keeping all the money. This is the mob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think so. And like that's really big with like student resources 
resource officers getting them SROs out mm-hmm. of the actual classroom yeah. because they were the ones going in and like harassing students, yeah. pulling them out of classes. It wasn't like just, oh, go down the hall anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. go to your detention. Mm-hmm. It became like, no officer so-and-so, you need to come and get this student. Mm-hmm. And disproportionately, it was young black girls getting mm-hmm. expelled. Well, we've seen the videos come out every week. Hello. Even kids then, just getting beat right. yeah, or t- exactly. like tased and stuff. Like how do you... You couldn't deal saw, with the sixteen-year-old. I saw that in school. No, I was going to say my eight-year-old uh, male cousin in Sacramento threw a tantrum, and the police was called on him, and he was handcuffed. Wow. And I was like, "That is sick." Yeah. You can't handle an eight-year-old. You Listen. can't. Right. I mean, yeah, you need to put handcuffs on an right. eight-year-old. Stop resisting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I saw that with like when because the people i hung out with were skateboarding and like you know that's oh, when yep. i started seeing more there was incidents where you know there was like shootouts from at richmond high from yeah. outside people that just happened to you know you know come in which was like i mean it was a different time yeah. but it, it, yeah it just like the students you know the security couldn't do it so now we're bringing the cops in and like you know they're wrestling you know two two big old six foot cops arresting this this 12 uh 14 year old you know to the floor and it's like dude like that's and you know people actually brought that up like what if there's a school shooting but really the protocol is the officer can't respond until backup arrives anyway yeah mm-hmm. so it's he has like, to wait outside right yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, give me the gun i'll go in myself i play many video games i got this exactly call of duty yeah. exactly it's just illogical you know the yeah. way these folks think yeah and right. scary at the same time right very scary absolutely yeah. but there's movement there's a movement definitely. and it, it is definitely I, I, I grew up in richmond for most of my life you know mm-hmm. it's definitely not 90s richmond anymore Clara. that's the good thing about it where it's like now it's like yo dude you know put your hand off the trigger <laughs> you know like with the whole city like um yeah. it's not it's not you know the, the violence has decreased a lot in richmond over the last what 10 years Absolutely, and yeah. there's like multiple reasons. Of course, like and I and I just yeah. I want to say this is part of it. Yeah, these yeah. are the changes, and yeah. like even the voice party, like taking over Bridge Art Storage, and like different folks going into city halls, mm-hmm. protesting, like all of that is so huge. And I'm not saying that to discount any other movement or any mm-hmm. other riot right, or anything right. in Richmond, but like it's progressive yeah. and it's quick moving right now. Yeah. Like we're doing stuff. I just got a call um, from San Francisco Chronicle and they were like, we want to interview you because we actually think that Richmond is going to outdo Oakland in their public safety stuff. Wow. And like, that is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they're looking at Richmond and that's what I say. Like people don't understand. We could actually be a model. Like I told him last night, I was like, let's get in. Netflix docu-series yes. like there's shit here that like the way we're organizing hella rogue hella gorilla like uh, we're just gonna take it and do it like we're not we're Cigar not going through the social media oh sorry <laughs> sorry when you uh, I couldn't hear that oh. Oh, I was just saying, we were going through, like, the social media gutter for a little bit in regards yeah. to what she said about, like, yeah. guerrilla warfare, grassroots organizing. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were directly DMing people our posts, like, hey, little blurb, like, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish, would you mind posting? And they'll be like, yes. And yeah. that was, that was nice. And that's where it gets tricky, too, where, like, like when you hear defund police, they're like, oh, like, you know, they love to stay away from them. Right. Yes. We don't want any part of that. Yeah. Um, the defund movement's an interesting movement. Anybody want to talk on that? Yeah, well, it's really all about saying, you know, 
the foot of the state uh, has been on our, on our necks far too long. And what we're mm. saying is that we as a people, we're, we're not willing to just survive, right? We need to thrive. And, and we, we know that, you know, black and brown folks can thrive under pressure, but Imagine what we can really do if our uh, our communities were fully resourced. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's a little scary because the police and people who are uh, uh, backing the the police and Mm -hmm. how they think that, you know, it's their money, right? (laughs) Y'all taking money from the the police department. It's like, wait, this is not y'all money. I mean, for a long time. It's our taxes. This money, right, it's our taxes. But for a long time, this money has been going to your department, but you're not owed that money, you know? So I think we as a people have a right to say where the hell our money goes, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now this goes back to talking about it in schools and bringing it back up at home and stuff like that the education because i think when you're like people want to stay away from like oh defund the police you know people like that and you're like no 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 if you actually take the time to hear us out take the time to understand what this actually means it's not just saying take all their money away no yeah we still need police but you know once you educate yourself on the topic and on what the movement is really about then you start you know really understanding that's not that bad of an idea i mean And I think it's so important to have grace on folks, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, even within this, what, eight-month period that the task force has been alive, we've actually changed a couple of folks. Mm -hmm. And I myself have to admit, you know, I didn't really become radical until after I got out of high school. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. until I took my first class, you know, in African-American studies. It was like, oh, shit, somebody lied to me. (laughs) Like, and I was pissed for a long time, and I still am mad. So that's part of my, you know, uh, uh, my... um, you know my fight yeah but you know like i said it's so important to have these conversations and to have grace on folks because mm-hmm. you don't know who you'll change mm-hmm. you don't know who will come on your side and yeah you know it's so important that we understand how to win people over as well and it's, it's crazy to say this but like i'm i'm sure you've talked to to police officers that agree with you at some point right yeah, actually, even the president of the yeah. Police Officers Union, yeah. uh, which is the most corrupt union, and I don't understand why they have a union, but okay, um, he's actually literally said, like, we're not mental health workers. Right. Like, we don't want to do that stuff either. Yeah. For a long time, yeah. this, like, community policing model has been reliant, and it sounds like a beautiful thing. Like, ooh, community policing, yeah. No, what essentially is, it's the police <laughs> addressing every community need. Yeah. So they have literally become um, the mental health workers, the homelessness enforcers, the, like, getting youth off the streets and so forth. And that's why these proposals are so, what people would say, like, radical, even though they're not even radical. It's like... We're literally addressing the root of the problem. They've existed even before police forces existed. Claro. Yeah. It's like community care, collective yeah. care. Yeah. We yeah. T- and when we surveyed people, um, like asking what pa- safety was to them, a lot of folks um, have felt in Richmond that it's we make each other safe. Right? right? Like yeah. I call on, on my, my primos and my mm-hmm. neighbors and my homies to like help me with anything that I need. I would never call RPD for shit. Get the and, strap. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like, literally, I'm like, I'm just like, what the fuck? You guys think about all these things um, in like this black and white world, you mm-hmm. know, but there's no color. Like POC, like we bring that color and we've been doing care for a lot longer and a lot better honestly, mm-hmm. than RPD has ever been trained and equipped to. So, like, for all the haters that are like, oh, we're going to lose police officers, it's like, no, we're actually allowing them to do the investigative shit that they were trained to do. Yeah. 
and not actually go into mental health crisis. Because guess what? We have a mental health crisis worker. Mm -hmm. Guess what? We have people working in homelessness encampments to make sure that they're sanitary and clean and there's water and get them into transitional villages. Like, right. Also, like just about the proposals, one of the things that I'm most proud of and that we're hella behind on San Francisco and Oakland is that um, we're going to have actual transitional housing villages for homeless folks. Wow. So like... It's amazing. Right. Like, why don't we have that? One for single folks and then one for familias. Yeah. Families that are usually barred from shit yeah. because they have little ones. They don't get the access to the programs. You know, you have to have certain everything. And with rent going up, there's a lot more now. And with the pandemic, the pandemic, with the pandemic, yeah. the evictions, there's hell yeah. of folks. Over a thousand folks in our city in Richmond are unhoused right now. Wow. Yeah. Like living in their cars. And that's not even talking about like, I have hella familia that is just like couch to couch and they don't really consider themselves unhoused right because they they have a shelter like yeah. they have someplace yeah. but the, they don't actually have a how a room a, a bathroom yeah, a uh, their own Private stable yeah. sustainable place uh, and so yeah. like to me when i was like oh shit we can actually have transitional villages here to get people into long-term housing mm. i was like come on that's a no-brainer y'all right. like what are y'all fighting about this and to my soul's point, the community has always taken care of the community. I think of the Black Panther Party, who, you know, was prominent in Oakland and in Richmond. Hell yeah. People yeah. don't know that, but yeah. the Black mm-hmm. Panther Party really did work, you know, in the Started streets in Richmond of Richmond. And yeah. Richmond was one of the Right, after the shooting yeah. and killing of Denzel Dowell. Yeah. Yes. RPD murdered, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, it's so important. And they started the free lunch thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. And, you know, yeah. J. Edgar Hoover, who was the FBI director at the time, you know what he said the biggest threat was? The Black Panther. <laughs> that food program. Yeah. He didn't, they didn't want the community to And he didn't go after of. the mob who was doing exactly. some shady shit. He went after the Black Panthers instead. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been doing it a lot longer. We're going to continue to keep on doing it. That's and, it. yeah. That's good. And, and you also have something that you guys, you, like, when you and I first talked about this, there's something coming up in, in the end of May. So the end of um, June, we'll actually June, be voting on the budget. So the way the budget cycle works is mm-hmm. right now, all the departments in the city are like putting up their their budgets, saying like, yeah. can we get more money? Can we get some more full-time employees? Can we get this yeah. and that? And essentially goes to the city manager. But by the end of June, um, right now, we would be, well, at the end of June, we would be able to, city council would vote on the actual budget and okay. that's um divesting 10.3 million dollars from rpd oh, and wow. the city council has already voted to include that in this year's budget mm-hmm. and so 10 point which is about 15 percent. it's not even the 20 percent that we were calling for last year you said 10.3 10.3 million dollars from the 67 million dollar wow. fund of rpd they still would have the most we would they would still there. have the most <laughs> yeah like let's be 100 they would still have the most of that yeah of that 10.3 coming out a little bit of that. Can that I will give you party? a dollar okay. if you strip. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. 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 He was going to do it anyway. I was going to do it anyway. But all right. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. That's, that's, that's a good. That's a good starting. That's point. a that's yeah. a great starting point. And yeah. like, think about this. Like, if y'all were to get like um, nonprofit or like just a community based org, mm-hmm. essentially how we're addressing our youth em- employment is by reallocating um, of that 10 to back into back into youth works and youth works is a city program that you essentially get paid by the city 
to work in nonprofits, other uh, government jobs, small businesses, shit like this, community-based organizations. So oh. y'all wanted to hire some like um, youth workers to do audio and all of mm-hmm. that. Like that would have you guys would have that like access to that. I was just joking, but if there's something like that, hey, I have hello, me. that's what I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> I'm the most uninformed person when it comes to this <laughs> this thing. So, hey, yeah. well, you know, I was gonna say we used to be part of a program called RPAL. Oh, our pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, That's actually where, like, our band really started learning how to perform and stuff like that. And when we were there, we, I mean, it was actually, it's crazy to see how much it dropped off. Because, you know, we we love some of the people there, you know, the beginning. And then when we weren't getting the funding for after, you know, they built us a brand new recording studio. Um and it was like super cool for after school program. Anyone could join. You just book some time. You learn how to use all the equipment. There was a bike room where you could learn how to fix your own bicycles. And then at the end of the program, you got to keep it or something awesome. like that. Like it was super cool. But like you built yeah. one from scratch. Uh, there was a bunch of other stuff, right? Basketball program. You had uh, just boxing, boxing program, right? Yep. That's like the only thing still striving right now. But I'm like, when we started you know to head out we had noticed that it, the programs had just died yep. bike program was done the basketball program they were doing like games for cops versus firefighters but not for the kids you know <laughs> the boxing program was the last thing Mother standing and once you know once we left the the studio the it was like some adults that just took it over and, and they didn't let like kids really you know enjoy it but I mean, they didn't have the money to, they were coming in, you know, kind of paying for it. Yeah. They, didn't, they weren't getting no support. Yeah. You know, half that building is a ghost town now. And the thing is that like a lot of the city departments and our palace kind of um, under the umbrella of RPD, um, it's the Richmond Police uh, Activities League. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the when we ask like nonprofits to go for money, like we ask them, go to grants, go to the county, go get state funding, right? right. Go get federal right. funding, right? Mm-hmm. We never ask the police to go get extra funding because we are fully funding them. But right. everybody else, your program fell, you know, these programs fell off okay. because there was no funding, right? right? And it's like, it comes back down to the money and the funding of everything of right. like, this isn't just fully defunding it's a reinvestment and actually what i like to call a refund to black and brown communities Somebody saw you don't live on the south side originally. oh that's the, the famous thing they see like my art in the background and shit and they're like all these gentrifiers and i'm like all right okay we got that yeah we're here we're all richmond raised born everything else uh, we represent the community even though there's um a lot of naysayers homeowners in particular that just want to say that we're not from um the community um but then again we aren't from their community their community is very small <laughs> yeah, exactly so yeah so can you, can you say again the exact date oh yeah so because i want our listeners because the majority of our listeners are from richmond yes I, you know, that's who we're speaking to right now and like if it's something that you know we want to mobilize everybody to go and support because this is important for the for the generations after them like you guys are working for the generations after you essentially i mean you're gonna get a splash of it but it's you know seeing it happen is already seeing what you're seeing is already like a win but 
it's the little ones that we, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not going to say a specific date because it hasn't been decided on, okay. but it is mid-June. I will say that the call to real action is okay. to join the movement, and that's following Richmond Revolution, um, Richmond Dot Revolution on IG. That's following at Reimagine Richmond with us. We have weekly meetings um, on Thursdays at six o'clock. All community w- members are are welcome to join. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're doing text banking, we're doing phone banking, we're coalition building, we're talking about implementation of these programs. Um, we're working with city staff to get all this shit done because the mayor wants us to fail. Like yeah, he's ready, right. he's ready to be like, uh, oops. It's gonna be a way. Of crime. Yep. Every, everybody's threatening. Oh my God, you know, there's going to be such oh, a wave yeah. of crime, you know, yeah. now that we're not, might, might have a certain amount of police officers on. But really, it's to just join the movement, follow us, get involved in whatever capacity that is. We had people come on one meeting and started text banking. They're like, oh shit, this is fun. We can like text people about defunding the police and shit. Like, and, and, and 10, 10.3 isn't going to. That's not, that's not that's that's gonna not put a dent in no. at all. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's just you know. Sorry guys, no Christmas party this year. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it's not that no dessert at the Christmas party. Exactly. Well, you know what's yeah. sad is that a ten point three million could be so beneficial to the community. The community. Yeah. Right. And that's to, to stuff that you guys want to do. Exactly. The and like I said, villages. it's what's it going to take away their yeah, yeah, their you're, twenty you're, Christmas parties. Yeah. The, the, or the their time or their bonuses. The, the golf like, trip. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The new chargers the new, that they yeah. get. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, it's 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 for it's good. It's going to a good cause. It's not like you know we want to we want to open a new whatever club in Richmond. You know, yeah. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's going to, 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 to something good. And like you said, uh, you know, hopefully this, this, this turns into dealing with certain things that don't need guns involved. Exactly. Right? You know? Exactly. And, and I would even we're say at. we just getting started. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. This is yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. That's why we need folks to, one, just like spread the news. Like the more people hire people from youth works, mm-hmm. the more people know to call 311 instead of 911 for mental health crises. Like all of that is going to be super important to show the city like this shit works. Yeah. And like we want to continue to do it because mm-hmm. like Armand is saying, we're not even getting to the fucking systemic like oppressive system right. of the police right. like we're not even getting this is low hanging fruit here right like we're yeah, so really just we're just homelessness yeah. mental health youth yeah. employment like how can people not get really behind that right. shit right. we're yeah. not talking yeah. about going after dogs and going after the chargers that they're buying and the helicopters and like all that shit we're, we're not even there yet and so I like that Armand we're just getting started and, and you uh, have access to information on all that on your page on the Richmond Revolution? Yes. Okay. And then, you know, so we've been working together. Right, right. So whenever we post, we sort of share that information. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask before uh, we moved on to, um, what do you think contributed to the decrease in, in, in violence in Richmond over these last 10, 10-ish years? Mm. Uh, there's a lot. Um, that's a heavy load of question. One, because um, as a researcher in my life, like it's hard to pinpoint like phenomena on like specific things. Right. Um, there's been a lot of conversation around gentrification for sure. Um, we also have to look at, um, you know, let's be 100 black flight that was caused by Latino majority moving in 
two, our spaces, we're 42% now, um, demographics Latino now, um, versus 22% of black folks. Now they're out here in the East, you know, they're, they're Antioch and Pittsburgh and so forth, uh, Sacramento, et cetera. So there's a lot. Um, there's, there is, in regards to like the police, like a lot of people talk about um, Chris Magnus. He was one of these like police chiefs, and he was so like down. He held the Black Lives Matter sign, and like it was a whole thing. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and it so made national he's news. Doing, like, border patrol. Now border he's patrol. doing border patrol for Biden. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just some shit. So systemic racism. <laughs> yeah, it's all a show. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it. It's performative. Yeah, yeah exactly. really. Um, but I think that it's too hard to say explicitly what it is because there would really have to be a case study um, and like a lot more research done into what has really changed. The demographics have shifted. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Home ownership has shifted. Different types of folks buying homes. Um, now we have the progressive majority. Um, and progressive to me is kind of a dirty word now because like it took it took over the new liberals these right. like white yeah. do-gooder liberals yeah. you know mm-hmm. um but like yeah. i'm more into like radical transformative change yeah. <laughs> like progressives mm-hmm. um and so like there's a lot changing that has shaped the city um i mean point malate talking about indigenous lands they're going after that community development we have marina bay like a lot of different stuff um could be attributed, but it's very, very difficult to like pinpoint like on one thing that has really changed. But crime, you're absolutely right. Crime has definitely gone down in the last 10 years. We can feel it, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Mm-hmm. I had a theory on what, you Tell know, me. I don't know, it's just my experience because, you know, growing up where I grew up, I saw a lot of crazy shit, you know, and, and friends murdered growing up in like middle school, high school, and then now that I'm adults and I talk to my friends who are adults and like, you know, um, like we have a form of PTSD from some of that stuff. And I've mentioned that on the podcast before, like, mm-hmm. and now that some of us are, you know, we have little ones and, and you know, we don't want them to go through the shit that we went through. Mm-hmm. So why don't we all just, you know, let's do some stand up instead. <laughs> let's tell some Amazing. jokes or let's do other things. Cause we know how bad things were at one point where like, Everyone's getting their shootouts everywhere. There, there was, you know, people with machine guns running down the street in North Richmond, and you heard a stop sign like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, now that we are not, not, you know, we, we are the pulse of the city. We don't want that to happen anymore. And right. I think a lot of that changed a lot of the people. You know, now Absolutely. there's more. Also, understanding where did the guns come from? Exactly. Where did the drugs come from? <laughs> like, Hello. It's just yeah. a part of that revolving yeah. system that wants to keep, you know. Us, us down. That's good that you said that too, because I was going to ask. I was like, is it going to be disrespectful to say like people just got tired of that? Yeah, you know, like we, yeah. like you said, you, now you have kids. Yeah. Um, I don't have kids. No, I mean, but now like <laughs> our, your gen- you're just but, giving him kids. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I have kids. <laughs> He's got like six that he told me not to say. No, no, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, our friends are having kids now too, and stuff yeah. like that. Of course, and and we're still living here. Some mm-hmm. of us still living with our folks and stuff like that. So. Yeah, we, you know, we've seen our neighborhood change. Exactly. Actually, when I was telling JD, because we were It's too together. expensive to do gangster shit. Yeah, now. it's too expensive. No. <laughs> Drugs have, prices have gone up. Yeah. 100%. But, like, I was even telling JD a couple days ago when I was at Salesian, we weren't allowed to wear our red shirts. Oh, yeah. The red polos. Yeah. We had to wear, oh, when you that. left the campus, you had to put your sweatshirt on. 
right? Your black Salesian sweatshirt on just because like it. Look where we are. Yeah, look where we were. You weren't wearing that, you know? Absolutely. We couldn't wear yeah. down our street at one point when we were kids. This was kind of a, a crazy thing, too. We had a Vietnamese gang that lived like four houses down from us. And one night we were having a family party. And when my family left, they go, hey, yo, your neighbor's lawn's on fire. And that oh. for a whole week started. It was a back and forth, but just at that house. And okay. so you heard gunshots. You heard every. We had the FBI radar block one day, yeah. and we were, all the kids were playing out in the front yard. Yeah. And they everyone know had, where you live now. Yeah. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've been to my house, I think. No. Oh. Uh, no. 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 Maybe no, he hasn't. No. Okay. But now I know where. It is. But now you know. Yeah. You know. But you know that story, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, when we had, I mean, it was just insane. Oh, and, and they had. You know, blue was yeah. our our street for some reason. Uh, like none of us, we were already kind of. There was more families. There was younger couples, like even some whiter couples that would move in from like Virginia and stuff mm-hmm. like. Like we yeah. we had already had that kind of moving in, Change. and so you know none of us were out here gang banging or nothing. But we yeah. we got claimed, and we're like, yo yo yo, no, we're we're cleaning all this off. <laughs> like, yeah. you, like all the neighbors would come, and we'd help. Each other paint the fence. Suit up, homie. Yeah. Oh, no. no, we yeah. would like stain yeah. fences and stuff like every weekend because we yeah. kept getting tagged. We're like, no, nope. guys. Yeah. So I think, yeah, everyone's just tired of that shit. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been programs, the Office of Neighborhood Safety, um, which is also what we're funding. They're true crime prevention. Like those folks, um, Sam Vaughn, who's a director, um, and Devon, who started it about 10 years ago, started in 2008, um, in height of kind of crime going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they had folks that who had been impacted by the system going boots on the ground, straight up like, hey, homies, y'all need to chill off. Yeah. They did last year, 28 ceasefires. Yeah. The Office of Neighborhood Safety, not the police. Right. Okay. So right. let's be, they. My buddy they, actually worked that. Uh, Chris, Chris, uh, big hair, you know. Him, oh. Know Chris. Uh, I probably Mejia, seen him in a picture Mejia, or two. Mejia, yeah, he, oh, he did yeah. that. He was part of that. He told me some crazy stories. Crazy ass yeah. shit, right? Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. we have to remember police react right. to crime. Yeah. They show up after. After. Mm-hmm. They do not prevent it. And Mm -hmm. so we wanted to, again, just go to the people that were preventing crime, working with the the different different of gang affiliations or drug affiliations, et cetera, and just saying like- I have a story for you actually. I I actually used to work with, uh, uh, when I was working cable, I was working as a lineman. There was a guy who I worked with who was an ex-cop from Richmond. And he told me a lot of crazy stories. And one of the things that he said is, you know, our investigating is really poor because whoever, like yesterday's uh, suspect is tomorrow's victim. That's the thing mm. they have. Mm-hmm. They know the guy that shot this guy today, he's going to be dead tomorrow. It's like, you know, so yeah, we can go investigate, but, you know, we'll, he'll, we'll find him tomorrow. They, they'll find him for us. Yeah. And, and that's why he, you know, that's one of the things that he mentioned that like caused him to not you know want to be there but um yeah. i don't want to say his name because he really do, he told me some stuff that you know okay. but but uh that's that's what he said that that's the thing about richmond like and i'm sure that's the case with a lot of big cities where it's the funding you know where it's like that where it's a lot of crime it's like uh, don't bother you'll turn up tomorrow shot and Sometimes. that's why that program you know office is, of neighborhood safety is incredible a ceasefire 
yeah, they're doing the ceasefires. They're taking guns off the street. They're actually preventing yeah. um, the these homicide incidents. It takes it costs the, the city one million dollars every homicide. Wow! You mean one, they can pay for my undergraduate degree and my law school degree? What? Right, <laughs> exactly. And still have somebody left. Right. <laughs> and so, and that they're. ONS, um, Office of Neighborhood Safety, is just nationally recognized. Now they're going, uh, they're in Stockton, Sacramento, they're in Fort Worth, like that, that type of advanced piece. That model, Mm -hmm. The Guardian's written on it, fucking ABC has written on it, like just nationally recognized. And it started right here. And so it's like, when I say we could lead this movement... Like, I'm dead ass serious. There is no joke about it. We, we've already done some innovative stuff because of crime. Right. Because mm-hmm. we've had to think creatively mm-hmm. and collaboratively to figure out this stuff. Because the stuff we were doing wasn't working. Hello. Although they were doing, you know? So, like, yeah. That's it. So, we're doing it. We are at an hour now. I don't know if you guys realize that. It doesn't feel like it does sometimes. <laughs> the time doesn't exist when we're in this little space. Yes. Uh, before we finish off, I just want to have you guys each give your fin- fin- final piece and like where we can, our listeners can find you and how can they can get involved and or if they want to get in contact with you personally. Like, uh, I'll have you start since you started earlier. <laughs> yeah, um, I just want to say, though, yeah. I think it's so important that we keep what I call... Uh, freedom dreams and keep those alive it came out of the tradition of robin dg kelly uh who came out of the black radical tradition and it's really about imagining right a world where you know we can live you know peaceably where we can live free lives where we can you know walk down the street and not have to be gunned down because we're black or we're brown or or we're asian right right and so i think it's so important that we keep that in mind uh because you know i i come from those who have been you know kidnapped and enslaved and uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, then at that moment they imagine, you know, there's got to be something other than this. Right. And so that's why I have to do the work because down the line, um, you know, in, in generations to come, you know, after me, we had to set up a life where they can live freely. And so, um, yeah, you can find... Um, should work in Richmond Rep. Yes, Richmond <laughs> Revolution um, on Instagram and uh, stay up and to Facebook? date and Facebook. Facebook. Um, Yep, we're in those two places, and yeah, Richmond Revolution, uh, yeah. We out here. Um, I just want to say thank y'all for creating spaces like this. Yes. Um, this is just super, super critical to like community organizers that yeah. Yeah. just need a brave healing space to be in like community. Mm-hmm. So I really want to appreciate um, uplifting all the work that's happening right now in Richmond mm-hmm. um, and taking the time. And you can follow Reimagine Richmond on IG and on Facebook, and you can email to just get directly in contact with me, um, uh, reimaginerichmond510 at Gmail. Um, And of course, if you DM us, then um, on IG, we'll always get back to you and to our youth, our wonderful leader here. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me here. This was yeah. awesome. I yeah. love your podcast. I was oh, listening to you too on the way here. Oh, nice. Thank um, you. <laughs> and I guess I just want to highlight what you and Armand were talking about earlier today yeah. um, about the Black Panther Party and their mm-hmm. free lunch program mm-hmm. and how the FBI and just general American government was so against it mm-hmm. um, and how they quickly adopted it to make it their own idea. And that right. is because like, the incredibly oppressed, poverty-ridden, unfortunately minority groups of this country have really 
cracked the code to lifting ourselves out of our poverty and honestly out mm -hmm. of our misery. For sure. And that is through mutual aid. That is through human compassion. That is through yes. helping each other out and right. seeing each other as a community. And when the community thrives, we all thrive. It's true. And we, again, here at Richmond right now are at a crossroads where we can choose compassion, where we can choose mutual aid, where we can choose to treat each other with human decency or we can continue to perpetuate these cycles that have only gotten us here in the first place, and that is through self-preservation, individuality, and just wanting the most money for yourself because you Definitely. feel like that is the idea of safety. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, my name is Osman <laughs> If you are an interested youth um, and you live in Richmond, please feel free to come and join the Richmond City Council. We need as many ideas, as many leaders to help advise our city council on how they should be leading for a very bright future for all the youth, all the children, and all the adults. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, man. You guys get used to speaking in microphones because I feel like you're going to be doing a lot more <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for, for coming and, and sharing your story with us. Uh, anything we can help in the future, we're there. So, uh, again, you know, uh, we're proud of what you guys are doing, you know, especially for the little ones, you know. So yep. it means a lot. Thank you guys for listening to The Voice Party. We're out.